It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Wednesday, big Wednesday. Cofield and Company from uh, 3 to 6. And then we've got the Coaches Show, UNLV Football Coaches Show, Barry Odom Radio Show is coming up at 6 o'clock. That'll be over at Parkway Tavern. But we're in studio, the Finley Toyota Studios. we got a bunch of guests lined up to uh, come in and visit with us. Damon is here. He is steering the ship. And we're going to do some boxing. God willing, we're going to do some boxing. Uh, I know we're definitely going to hit on some boxing later on because uh, we're going to catch up with Arash Markazi, who's live uh, down at uh, Media Center on the Strip for the Canelo fight. So that's coming up. And then we're, uh, we're working on getting uh, Leonard Ellerby in studio. He'll be here in uh, just a couple of minutes. But right out of the gates, and we'll build on this, right? We've got an update, but no update on Jimmy G. We found out from Josh McDaniels today, basically, he's coming along. He didn't say quickly, but he's coming along, right? So we got that. There was no update. I know. I know there's no update. Uh, and then we've got... What's going on in the NBA? So Leonard Ellerby is in studio with us. How you doing, Steve Cofield? Good to see you. And uh, this is Damon over here. What's up, Damon? So um, I know you love sports because I know uh, we're at sports books all the time. I see you in and out sometimes. So I know you love sports, and your guy Floyd loves sports. So before we get to Canelo and Charlo, what's your insta reaction here to uh, Dame Lillard finally moved? So he went to the Bucks, and then they did a three-way deal. So DeAndre Ayton goes up to Portland. Uh, Drew Holiday goes to Portland, and the Suns get a big guy, uh, Joe Nurkic from the Blazers, you know, seven foot two eighty guy. But, I mean, the main part of the story is Dame Lillard is not going to Miami. He's not going to the Raptors, but he is going to play with Giannis. He's going to play with Giannis and Middleton, and it's a great move for him going into that market. Uh, again, he's a phenomenal player, and actually he's a good friend of mine. Um, and I'm very happy for him that he's got the opportunity now to um, win an NBA championship. What's your relationship? When, when did you meet him? I've been known Dane for a while. He's a huge boxing fan, yeah. and actually we're, we're very, very cool. So what do you think he thinks of – because we had so many weird reports that it was like, Dame is Miami or bust, and you know Camp Dame is not going to be happy unless they go exactly where they want. I would assume he's cool going with Giannis, and I mean, this is a real chance to win a championship. Of course, I mean, you get a chance to play with a guy like him, and, and Middleton is a very good player himself. So I, I think that they're going to be the team to beat in the East. You know, the Celtics, you know, are very good too, but um, Milwaukee is going <laughs> right. They they got they got Dame they got Dame Dollar. That's all I can say is that, and I, I they're my favorite to win the whole thing. Okay, um, boy, I wish we knew yesterday. They were seven to one. The Bucks were to win the title yesterday. Wow! A um, couple of minutes ago, yeah. reposted. Now they're plus three fifty. So they got chopped in half to win the title. Maybe not as much value at three fifty. Obviously not a seven. You know, seven yeah. to one. Yeah, it's good stuff, though. It's, it's good. I like to see this kind of movement. You know, and, and sh- kind of shake things up a little yeah. bit. What do you think is going to happen with the Warriors with Chris Paul? I think it's I think it's a good fit because obviously he he's a veteran coming to a team that already has a lot of experience, some great players, 
And I, I think he'll mesh in very well. I really do. Let's switch to boxing. So do you know, you know, I know officially you're not kind of rolled into the promotion here. You're helping out, pitching the fight, which we appreciate you coming in. And we got Leonard Ellerby in studio with us. Do you have any access to the celebrity list? I would think that this would be a pretty <laughs> big celeb list. Uh, you know. and, and it is. Obviously, you know, Canelo's been a fixture in, the, in these uh, high-level fights for a number of years. And, um, you know, he has quite a few that come out to his fights. But Jamel, he, all of Texas is standing, standing with him. All of Texas is standing with him. So that's, that's going to – I know quite a few football players and, and, and some uh, basketball players are coming out. Um, it's it's going to be a great night for the fans. I don't think Lil Wayne's ever going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> he's ever, right. he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't, don't want to uh, leave. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's here for the Raider game. Yep. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you uh, do you go to the Raider games on a regular basis? Or actually, I went for the first time. Oh, really? um, Sunday. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, not the greatest example of a voracious right, Raiders right. crowd. So it, was, it was a cool experience. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a beautiful stadium. Going back. Oh my, state of art. State How of art. um, this might be something only myself and a few others in the media know about. How close were you guys to having a Floyd fight at Allegiant last year? Um. I ain't gonna say close, but you know, Floyd has the ability to to move the needle, as we say, in, in anything that he kind of does, especially if it's something that the fans are really interested in. Um, but who knows? Who knows what might happen in the future? Do you let's put aside Floyd? Do you see anyone right now who could do a fight in a sixty-five thousand seat football stadium in boxing? Tank Davis. Yeah, you think? Tank Davis. Now we're in the future. He could do it. He could do it now. Yeah. He could do it now. All right. I want to talk about tanking a little bit because yeah. I want to get the pound for pound. But let's let's talk about this fight. And Leonard Ellerby's with us here at Cofield & Company. So Canelo and Charlo, pay-per-view's going down uh, 5 o'clock our time, 8 o'clock Eastern, Showtime pay-per-view. So you have experience going you know, way back with Canelo, and he got his first loss. And, you know, I think at the time he, you know, it was just it was a veteran, one of the greatest fighters, the greatest, as you call him, uh, in history. And he kind of schooled Canelo. What have you seen from Canelo as a fighter now over the last 10 years? Uh, he, he's really improved in actually every area. He, he's, he's gained the invaluable experience that it takes to be an elite fighter and to be consistent. You know, um, he... Is fighting a competitor this Saturday night in Jamel Charlo, where I don't think that he can relax at any point. Any point, um, Mel is much better than the likes of John Ryder and some of the other opponents that he's faced recently. And not taking anything away from his resume, because when you look at his resume, he has the best resume currently of any active fighter. Um, so, again, and it's just going to be a tremendous matchup because. I, both guys have a chip on their shoulder, and they're looking to prove something. Not that they have to prove it, but they're looking to prove something. Um, Jamel is of the mindset that, you know, he's, he's embraced the underdog role, but he's like, you know, I'm much better than y'all got me labeled here. It's like I know he's accomplished this and this, meaning Canelo, but I'm that guy. And Canelo's like, you doubted my skills. I'm going to show you come Saturday night. I'm going to make you believe. 
I'm gonna make you. He's gonna show. He's that's what he he said today at the press conference. So again, you got these two guys coming together, undisputed versus undisputed. I'm really really excited because it's it's gonna be a great great fight. Does Canelo overall still have a chip on his shoulder, stuff to prove? Does he still have that? Hey, me against the world energy. Yes, he does. Yeah, yes, he does. I mean, because you know, the, there have been some some lots of criticism that he's faced in recent fights. You know, coming off the uh, Bibble loss and and you know the writer performance wasn't the, his best. So again, he's looking he's looking Saturday night to come out and make a big statement. But Jamel is also, you know. So this is going to be a great fight. Have you looked at it from Jamel's point of view where some people are saying that this would be a win-win for him? You know, if he goes out there and have a good performance, win or loss, it's a win for him to be on this big of a stage. Do you agree with that mindset, or does he need to go out there and still get that win? No, nah, man, these guys, they they are not thinking nothing but other than having their hands raised on both guys on Saturday night. And both of them have a plan, you know, to do that. Well, we're going to find out Saturday night who whose plan is the better plan. All right, so when you mentioned Canelo as well, were, do you think that he has more to prove in this fight to me? Because I'm not saying that it's a win for win for Jamel, for Jamel just to be in this fight with Canelo, but to me, all the pressure's on Canelo in this fight. I agree. I agree. I agree all the pressure is on him. Um, but he takes that in stride. He welcomes that. Because he has the experience, and he knows that in his mind that he feels though he's going to impose his will on Jamel come Saturday night. We're going to have to see if he's able to do that. You, you know, some say he's there's been some slippage. Um, Canelo says that he's been injured in recent fights, and that's why he hadn't been able to perform at the level that he would he had been performing at. And we're going to come see. We're going Saturday night. We're going to see what it's what it is. You mentioned that slippage did have a hand injury. Canelo did. How healthy do you think he is? I know that he says that he's back healthy, but do you believe that he's 100% coming into this fight? Of course I do. I, I mean, you got to take him at his word. <laughs> okay. I mean, because he's the only one that got to get up in there mm-hmm. and, and get it done. So this is the threshold, I believe, that every great champion comes to where he's 33. He's got the satin sheets. He's probably got some Lambos. You have experience with this. Right, and yes, I think that is one of the best things we can say about Floyd. With all the wins, I don't think he ever got lazy. All the money, all the adulation, he never got lazy. And not every fighter can do that when they're 33, 34, 35. Is Canelo, you know, still good on that front where he's so, you know, filthy rich and famous, where he still has the drive? Man, it ends for everybody at some point, Leonard. Yeah, that's a great point. And actually, I I kind of talked about that. Briefly yesterday, here is a guy that's made several hundred million dollars already. But he's motivated. When you look, you look at how hard he's working in training camp and, and you see the determination and the confidence in him when he speaks on what he says that he's going to impose his will on Charlo Saturday night. You know, you got to kind of take him at face value for what he's saying. And it's up to Jamel to prove him wrong. So, you know, come Saturday night, they're going to butt heads, and the best is going to win. It's another massive Canelo fight here in Vegas against Jamel Charlo. Five o'clock with the pay-per-view. We're going to get to the undercard in a couple minutes, Leonard. Ellerby's up with Cofield and Damon here. 
on this Wednesday. You know, I did notice something you also mentioned. I hadn't heard this before. You know, I was talking about, hey, you're rich. Distractions happen. Canelo's a golfer. Yes, he is. Is he pretty good? He's very good. Yeah. <laughs> he, he very, he's very good. What was – I guess basketball would have been Floyd's distraction sport, right, of all the sports? Yeah, basketball. He loves playing basketball. I mean, actually, he's pretty good in a lot of sports, but basketball is something. Like what, what else would surprise people about Floyd? Athletically. Football, what? Um, yeah, he's just, he's just an athletic specimen. I yeah. mean, you know, he can do it all. He's very good at a number of things. You know, so, but that's what the great ones are able to do. No doubt. No doubt. What do you think the long-range goal is for Canelo? I did hear you mention that Floyd's got a record of beating former world champions or, or world champions Current at the former, time. Uh-huh. So what do you think? Is that a goal for Canelo? Because I think, well, what is it, like 23 to 18? Yeah, like I haven't heard him personally say it. It's just, you know, when you just you, you look, you look at what history says. So I'm sure at some point he he's, has an awareness of that. Now, that's going to be tough to do. Because, one, he's, he would have to get past Charlo, and then he would have to face four more world champions. And then he's either coming down, which is miserable when you're older, or he's going up, which yeah, when so. he's tried to go up, sometimes it's been okay, sometimes it hasn't. I'm not saying that it can't be done, yeah. but it's going to be tough. So, but that's something that is attainable. Yeah. It's not something that's you know, out of his reach. So, so again, I, I think there are a number of things that – He's kind of motivated about, but, you know, he's, like he said in the press conference, you know, he, he's heard the, 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 you know, the chatter about, you know, some of the things that Jamel has said, you know, and so as we get closer to the fight, I think both guys are, you know, they realize what's at stake, you know, and, and obviously Canelo's been fighting, fighting at this level for, for quite some time, so. You you can really just see how this bout is going to, going to shape up. It's going to be very intense from the opening bell. Can you give us like ten more, a couple more minutes? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So Leonard Ellerby's going to stick around. Pay per view goes down on Saturday. It's a five o'clock start to the pay per view. We'll get to the undercard because the undercard we had Al Bernstein on yesterday, and oh, Al good. was saying that the card, the undercard's freaking stacked. So yeah. Showtime pay per view. Get all the information. Make sure you buy it. Don't have any struggles. You know, get in the fight. On fight night, we're going to come back with Leonard in just a couple minutes. It's Cofield, it's Damon here on Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. We got another Canelo fight in town this weekend. Jamel Charlo is the opponent. It's at 168. You can watch this on pay per view with a really good undercard. Showtime pay per view. Uh, the man with the answers today, giving us the insight, is Leonard Ellerby, of course, a uh, longtime confidant of Floyd Mayweather. Um, I want to get into the Charlo side more because I know you know a lot about him, but I wanted to ask you a Vegas question because you're in all these negotiations over the years on these big fights. I've been making a statement the last couple of days about boxing's power when it comes to Vegas from a customer standpoint. That in the end, Vegas wants people to come here who are going to the fight, but also going to spend money. And we do have events here, and we've added some new events where I've talked to dealers and execs where they're like, eh. they really didn't hit the tables. They didn't really spend money at the restaurants. Am I safe in saying that boxing is still one of the biggest, if not the biggest, 
draw for Vegas in terms of dollars to the tables and dollars to the restaurants. Like over, like I'll give you an example. When the NFL draft came here, a lot of people afterwards were like, man, the crowd was kind of, they, they didn't have money. They didn't spend money. Well, you look at the, <clears throat> you look at the live gates alone. And um, Stephen Espinosa spoke on this earlier. In the last, since April, Vegas has had three $20-plus million boxing gates. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Which means those people are paying a pretty penny to get in, so they got money. Exactly. You you had the Tank Davis-Ryan Garcia fight. You had the um, Spence Crawford fight. And obviously you have this Canelo-Charlo um, fight. Three fights within since April on sh- all on Showtime pay-per-view. Because we're wondering, what we hear is the richest sport in the world is F1. And we're hearing the money that comes with that. We're spending a lot of money to get ready yeah. for it for the next 10 years. We hear that's going to be really big business. Yeah, well, we, we're going to see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of F1. Um, you know, it, all this is great business for Vegas. Yep. You know, Vegas is that marquee place that you got to come here and, and – and experience, you know, um, these sports teams and um, all the activities that are here in the beautiful city of Las Vegas. And again, but talking about Saturday night, we got a we we got a hot hot fight on our hands, hot fight. Yeah, I, I tell everyone who asked me about say twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, what it was like here. I'm like, you know what the professional teams were a team basically it was boxing and then UFC came along yeah. those were our professional teams and now we've obviously got WNBA we got the Raiders we got VGK in the NHL we're going to get baseball I think it's almost certain we're going to get NBA by 2030 yeah. uh, so, we'll get that before 2030 who, an NBA franchise who, who would I don't put you on the spot here but you know I want your opinion uh, if we had to pick one player owner who invests in the team do we want LeBron or do we want Shaq can't lose with either. Why not both? Oh, there you go. Okay. Why not both? All right. Why not? All right. The undercard for this fight. Uh, tremendous undercard. In the in the co-feature, you got Jesus Ramos take taking on Erickson Lubin. That's a gonna be an outstanding fight. Outstanding fight. Ramos is the the young guy who's looking to 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 make a big statement come Saturday night. Lubin's been in there. He's been in tough. With a number of um, outstanding fighters, you know, um, I think for him, he's got to stick to Kevin Cunningham's game plan, and he he has a a, a good chance of winning this fight. You know, um, I know that Ramos is the heavy favorite, but Lubin does have the experience, and he's in tip-top shape. He's just coming off of a fight in June, so you know he didn't have. He just continued his camp on, you know. So I know he's ready. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a, a man outstanding fight. Then you got two former world champs and your uh, Danis Ugas taking on Mario Barrios, and again that, them two. That's gonna be a war. That's that is gonna be an absolute war. So I heard another motivator for Charlo is the fact that he's been waiting for this fight, like waiting more than people realize that there was a time when he may have been promised his fight about nine or ten years ago? Actually, he was. I mean, it's according to him, that Delahoya promised him his fight, you know, ten years ago. Wow. And for whatever reason, it never came to fruition. And so, he, you know, he's felt a certain kind of way about that. 
you know, um, he's been vocal, you know, in the past that he wanted a shot at Canelo. So this Saturday night is for all the marbles. Leonard Ellerby's with us here on Cofield and Company, getting ready for Canelo and Charlo. I want you to talk about the, the, I guess, the physiology, I don't know what the right term is, but of fighting at 168. Charlo's actually, I'm not going to say he's the bigger guy. He's much taller. Um, but he's coming up. So do you believe in this notion that, well, he'll just be too small and not comfortable at the higher weight versus Canelo, who's been up here before? No, I, I think that he he put the weight on the right way because he walks around at the weight that he's going to pretty much be fighting at. So he didn't have much of a weight cut. Right. And I think most people are, are kind of underestimating that a yep. little bit. It's massive. Yeah. Look at I mean, was Floyd ever really more than like 153 his whole life? He never weighed more than 153 when he was active in his boxing career. Right. Never. 51, yeah, 51. So, so four-pound cut as opposed yeah. to guys who are making in in those 147 to 168. You can, got, you can have guys making freaking 17, 25-pound weight cuts. That is debilitating. Um, some more than that. Yeah. It's, it's, and if you, it's, do it, if you do it for like 15 years, what do you think your body's like at 34, yeah, 35? Yeah, so again, you know, that, that's why it's important to, to stay disciplined and try not to get too much – over yeah. your weight. Yep. You, you know, you're fighting weight. So Another guy who doesn't want to keep making that cut, Tank Davis, the guy that you're very familiar with, making that move up to 140. What do you think is going to be next for him? Because you mentioned earlier before we went to break that you could see him selling out a legion. So where do you see his career going forward? Again, that's, that's – he, he would be the best person to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know he's taking care of some personal things right now. So he just mentioned that he'll be back. He'll be back soon. And he's looking. He, you know, he has a hit list. I know for a fact he has a hit list. Now the timing of that, you know, fans just have to continue to be patient. You know, you can't get all these guys in one night. You know, it's a, it, it just is a business. But he's his own boss now. And and again, any decision that he makes, he's gonna run it by his immediate team. And I support him a thousand percent. It's the voice of Leonard Ellerby. Last couple minutes here with Leonard as we're getting ready for Canelo and Charlo in town on Saturday, uh, 8 o'clock start uh, Eastern time. 5 o'clock. I don't know why I keep saying Eastern, I guess, for our national audience, right? 5 o'clock uh, Pacific. It's a Showtime pay-per-view. Could – if Charlo comes out and just say he destroys Canelo, do we start talking about him inching closer, you know, into and up the pound-for-pound pound list? We know Bud Crawford's probably the best right now. But there's so many good fighters between 147 and 168. Well, I think if he's able to pull off the upset Saturday night, he's in that conversation, you know, with with the top, top guys, you know, because he's beat would have beat a legend in, in Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. But we're going to have to wait and see come Saturday night. I just know it's going to be a great action-packed main event. The undercard is going to be fantastic. And the fans are the winners in this entire process. On that pound for pound thing, can can should heavyweights be considered? Should Fury be considered? Why not? I mean, it's all subjective anyway. I, I'm not a big fan of the pound for pound list. I'm, I mean, because it's all subjective. It's all subjective. You um, you think Ngannou has any chance against Fury? MMA over to boxing. He's, yeah, he's certainly not? got why the power. <laughs> he, he, he's a he's a heavyweight. You, you know. Why not? Yeah. Can I tell you the guy I'm intrigued with? 
Because if they if boxing could get the money, and I have no idea how the rights would be sold, but this big Chinese heavyweight who's forty oh, years yeah, old, yeah. he's got a belt. He the la- this last fight this last weekend, he weighed in like twenty pounds heavier than normal. He's six six, two eighty seven, and like has he moves and has boxing skills. I'm like, what would this do for boxing if a Chinese boxer you know, would have like a shelf life on top of the world for two or three years? Yeah, that would be that would be incredible. Um, but there are a lot there's some layers in between that. He's a he's a good fighter. Um, I've only seen him fight uh twice. Um yeah, he's a good he's a good fighter. Where uh on DeMond's point with Tank, where where does he wind up weight wise in like five years? What what do you think is too big for him? I just the you know, you gotta see where how his body develops. Yeah. You know, that's twenty eight years old, right? Yeah, you got to see how, how about him and Coach Calvin would make that decision and see where he. But right now, his sole focus is on uh, one hundred thirty five pounds. He's got a lot of money fights in that area. A lot of money oh, fights. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming in. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. Good, good luck Steve. out the books with your bets and uh, get your bet down on the Blazers at three fifty now. That's it. <laughs> we really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, I know you're super you, busy. Yeah, there he is, appreciate Leonard Ellerby. Okay. Big fight coming up. Canelo pay per view showtime on Saturday. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. You fired up? Had you talked to uh, Leonard before? No. We'll have that video uh, out a little later after the show. Keep in mind, Barry Odom Radio Show, UNLV Football Talk, coming up for 60 minutes, 6 to 7. Parkway Tavern, 215 and Flamingo, and happy hours going on right now. Best team in the city. Well, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I saw Mike Romalo from the Las Vegas Sun joked on Monday. He's like, uh, UNLV football, it's, it's their town now. They're making progress. We'll get to the Mountain West a little later on and uh, expect one guy across the way who's a uh, big Pac-2 alum to maybe bash away at the Mountain West. Justin Watkins is in studio. Um, we got a lot of legal issues to get into, and I may have to have you pen some sort of letter at some point. It's very early on. But we've been doing a lot of formal, informal betting on Cofield and Company, and uh, Damon and I made a bet on the Steelers and the Raiders game. So okay. I had the Steelers, he had the Raiders. All right. I feel like there hasn't been amateur much hour. There hasn't been much <laughs> chatter at all. Did he call you an amateur for taking yeah. the Raiders? Uh, I feel like there hasn't been much chatter at all the last uh, show and a quarter here, two days of shows, whatever it is. You've been really quiet about this. I mean, I don't want to just come and bring you taquitos that you're not expecting. You let me know when you want them. I'll go grab them. The, yeah, we have to figure out how to, how to do this payoff. So uh, we've given enough pre- promo, uh, free promotion to 7-Eleven, so we'll do it again. Uh, we bet those take-and-bake pizzas because Damon said he likes 7-Eleven pizza. Okay. So I was going to get five pizzas, and then uh, I would get, if I win, the equivalent of five pizzas in uh, taquitos. Basically, anything on those rollers. Yeah. I love the roller items. Yeah, no, me too. I'm okay. in on that. Taquitos is good. Okay. Those are great. All right. I mean, the hot dogs, I, you know, I, I like them. I eat them. My, kid, <laughs> my, my, kid, my kids don't like Come them. Come on, 7-Eleven, sponsor the show. Yeah. We gave you like 14 free pops and reeds. Yeah, I mean, now, I like the jalapeno in. cheddar dogs, right? Like anything, or nice. the taquitos, anything that's got a little spice to it, right. I'm in on that. All right. Um, what if I – we never laid out the terms, like really laid out the terms. What if I just get my uh, taquitos uh, little by little? 
So I just, when you say, hey, I need two taquitos, I run up to 7 No, no, you don't have to get them. <laughs> you were just paying for them. No, no, no. I like that bit better, though. If I have to, <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, get them. Yeah, yeah. You're like, when I come what? in the studio today, I want three. Two, three taquitos. <laughs> what, if, what, if uh, what if it's in the middle of the show when a guest is on? Well, now I you mean, have to get you have to get back in thirteen minutes. Make it, yeah, make it a oh, long that's segment. You know what, that's, bit, that's the bonus of seven. I'm, I'm a little bit famished right now. Can you? If we have one right up the, on the corner. <laughs> no, that seems kind of mean. That's uh, people accuse us of bullying our producers. So I don't want to do that. We're 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 stopping. I that. lost. I believed in the Raiders. You know, like the same way with you in the milk. This I is did. my punishment. I had uh, I left milk in the car yesterday oh. uh, during the first hour and twenty minutes of the show. So I brought it in, and I was it was sort of like. A little bit of punishment yeah. for uh, trying to talk Jets at one point, so I drank some hot milk. I'm oh. okay. I mean, some people would say, what, what, are you, what are you still doing buying milk? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was another question <laughs> these guys had. But it's like the whole next generation is just out on milk. Well, because, and, and, and I see the reasoning behind okay, it. Well, like, I, I think I'm on board. Here's the thing. Uh, you know I dabble in science. Yeah. Um, I think... They, the people, the people who make the food, have they're affecting everything. But I was built on milk, yeah. So I'm sort of impervious to this, that, this lactose intolerant nonsense. Because here's the breaking news: yep. we're going to find out soon. Uh, on Monday, JVT came in and he had, I think he had four cheese curds, yep. and he said he he had been just defecating left and right. Yeah. So and so I I believe that the younger generation, their bodies. Even though they may appear more fit yeah. and tight, okay, I'm getting creepy. Um, that their bodies are not equipped to handle what this temple handles. You know, what this, what this I was temple. literally having this yeah. conversation <laughs> yeah. with one of the young people at my office yeah. yesterday, and they were like, "What do you mean you had milk? Right? I got, had a glass of milk. I, was, I had cookies. I had cookies in the milk. Yeah. Right? So I had the milk, and then she's like, "Do you do you drink the milk after?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I drink the milk. What, you know what, what is this? this? Like I I drink milk. This was like a staple for right. kids for years." And she's like, "Well, isn't that isn't milk kind of gross? Doesn't the idea of milk sort of get you get you get you a little queasy? You know what? It, yeah, they don't like milk, man. They're I mean, like, you, I mean, you I can't be, you can't do this in an office." Yeah. Or maybe even in a bar yeah, yeah, with a female yeah. employee, but where, like, what do you think may have happened after childbirth? Well, do you think mom no, may no, have no, been? No, no, no. She, went, she went right in on that, right? Like, at, at some point, we, we wean the kids off of breast milk, but it's okay for the equivalent of cow breast milk to continue on. Love the it. Breast. I love so, cow. I love anyway, cow. I told I her the same. I, I told her the same Always thing. Have. I said, "Hey, growing up, I drank milk as much as I drank water. Yep. Right." And I'm not allergic to anything. I can eat anything. Yep. I can eat anything. My I, I, body can take it all. This is a promo. <laughs> Big Nils yeah. loves this conversation. No, this is a promo right here. I think you toughen your body yeah. by taking some risk every once in a while. And I don't get sick ever either, by the way. Great immune system. Yep. Milk does a body strong. We got we're indoctrinated with, I, with the idea that you had to have uh, a big ready? glass of milk. Ready for this one? Yeah. All right, first of all, I am I am I have gotten better. I'm not drinking like the sludge. I'm not drinking two percent whole. I'm down to zero percent. Um, <laughs> I'm at two percent. You ready for this one? Yeah. Your the meat that you gave me, yeah. the elk meat. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna admit. Uh, I made it into burgers and yeah. I have like little plastic burger holders which are sealed, but I had a f I had four of them. They're big burgers too. Like yeah. I made they're big. Yeah. Um I made four, I had two in the fridge for a while. Like, I didn't know how long they were in the fridge. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Smelled, I'm going to do it. Yeah, did you smell it? Smelled all right? It smelled fine to me. Yeah, throw it on I there. I cooked it up with, I, put, I like made some sort of rice and, yeah. and elk meat. And yeah. I was like, eh, a little bit risky. 
Nothing. Fine. It was great, right? Yep. I swear, people younger than Damon, they, they would have been gone to the hospital. Yep. Your bodies are weak. Oh, man, I had some deep fried cheese curds the other day yeah. at the Portland airport. Yeah. <laughs> Tillamook. <laughs> You're eating airport <laughs> Yeah. This is dynamite. Tillamook, which is, huh? you've seen their ice cream. It's a dairy yep. farm. They do great cheeses. But they had <laughs> fried cheese curds. I was like, I have at to try At the airport. That. At the airport. They were delicious, dude. Yeah. I ate all of them. It was great. I mean, you're a workout guy. I'm not saying you have to let yourself go, but you do have to eat. You got to toughen something. up. You got to eat something on the edge every week. And what is that? I mean, I go to In and Out. Well, that that's that's the other thing is I don't I don't. Well, we've had this discussion. Uh, is I your, do say give me a four by two because I don't want all that cheese. Okay. Is what your if, is your family a leftover family? Like, do you guys eat leftovers? I'm a day max. Oh God! I, I'm not great at leftovers either. I'm I can't. Great. I can't even point fingers there. I'm great, but <laughs> I love. I love it. No, it's got to be certain kinds of stuff. Like there's like a burger. Bur- burgers zero on leftover. No, no day on leftover. Zero days. Fries no, zero. Really? Yeah, but like I'll pastas, Italian keep... foods, Chinese food that can stay for days. Okay, that's uh, okay. I, I I'll keep fries for like a week. Can you can you handle the Demon? Can you handle the Jack of the Box tacos? Can your body take that? I am not gonna lie to you. A buddy <laughs> wanted to go to the gym after work, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I got like an hour to kill, so I'll just hang around the studio." I go to the Jack in the Box that's right here. No offense to Jack in the Box, I'm a, I'm a repeat customer, but I had a chicken sandwich, and I almost had to cancel the gym. <laughs> what? It w- I go to- they're soft. They can't take it. What I go to the bathroom here. Here, I drive home. <laughs> I turn. I hit a U-turn because I'm not gonna make it home. <laughs> I. On this last trip, and we'll have broadcaster bites. It's up on my Twitter page right now. We wound up doing like 42 minutes on the food in El Paso. Chef's kiss. It was great. Um, they had Whataburger there, right? Whataburger. And I got, I actually got three items, and I brought Tupperware. I've, I've never had Whataburger. But. I don't want to give them too, free, uh, too many free pops. Yeah. I will say, I assume sales is already like this close to a deal with them. Um, yeah. No, I got three different items. I had a burger on the ride to the game. I had some chicken fingers on the flight home from the game, and then in my Tupperware I had a chicken sandwich. Uh, that's okay, yeah. and and I ate the chicken sandwich on Monday. Everything's sealed. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not, I don't like. I, I don't know. Here's the other thing. I'm like I'm crazy about when I when I take leftovers from a restaurant. I've got a whole system in the fridge. I'm like that one's this old. This that, I got to eat that next. Then this one. Then this one. It's all sealed. Yeah. No, I mean I I like that. I mean, leftover fried chicken's fine. That's fine. Okay. But but leftover burgers and fries, no good. And <laughs> I'm just laughing at Devon's Jack in the Box. I've only ever had that experience with one chain, and it's Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. will will wow. detour any trip <laughs> to yep. anywhere to um, find the nearest restroom. I mean, I think it's good. Uh, I think Carl's Jr. is good. Um, yeah, I've only gotten I've only gotten food poisoning one time from a fast food restaurant, which means that it was like legit. Yep. They effed up some chicken because I don't get affected. So if yeah. you affect me, they, you, you beat the system. Which means that that meat was screwed up big time. Um, okay, I got a beef to pick. Let's get to some legal stuff here. Justin Watkins is in studio with us. I feel like F around and find out as a trademark term should not be applied when you are the one who F'd around and found out. Correct. Yes. And you, think, you, can't, and, you can't dunk on yourself with a trademark. Right. So here's the deal. 
Deion Sanders has filed five new trademarks, and we love trademarks and, and patent talk with you. Because yep. what what happened? What was it? You like you took some classes, or was it actually a minor? Like, you're an expert in this. <laughs> it was it was supposed to be what I did for a career. Yep. But then it's I got into it, about. and I did a s- internship, and I was like, like "This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is boring. I hate this." Uh, Dion wants to trademark these phrases: "Ain't nobody care," "F around and find out," "No, can't we get keep, it, can't get it," "We keep receipts," "Nope," "Pitbull in pumps." I don't know what that means. So maybe he gets and it. Working or twerking? I don't know where that comes from either. So maybe he gets it. But but two of those for sure, like he heard from somewhere else. Like we keep receipts. He thinks he came up with that. He thinks he's the first person to talk about receipts. Is it about being the first person to come up with it, or is it just such a common phrase? No, no, hundred percent. You if if it's a common phrase, it is not trademarkable. You can only trademark unique phrases that you created. So. If you heard it somewhere else, but then you just amplified it, no, not good enough. It's got to be your original work. That's what's trademarkable. So I, 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 I'm I, venturing to guess most of those he heard from somewhere else, um, and they, they would not be trademarkable. But here's the thing. When you file for a trademark, unless somebody objects, they kind of rubber stamp it. It's different than a patent. A patent, you have to prove, you have to go through a whole process. Trademark is kind of just, hey, we're going to let you, when you see that R registered trademark, that just means you registered it and it's public notice to everybody else. It doesn't mean that you would actually win if challenged. It doesn't mean. It just solidifies the date of your first using it. I also want to add what the F around and find out when I had my short lived the fight game show about MMA. One of the names that I wanted to pitch to the bosses here was F around and find out with Damon Cotton, you know? Okay. A fight yeah. show. But I was like, they're, ne- they're never going to go for that. So in Dion's case, I don't think that, yeah, you can't win a trademark on that name because I even thought about it for a name of a show. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it's old enough and it's been used enough. And the, the, the fact, I mean, I'm sure it's not Dion coming up with the ideas of, hey, let's get trademarks on this, this, and this. He's got some, some people. Who are just hearing him say stuff and just firing trademarks out every time he says something that they think is unique and they have no idea that it's been around for a year, two, five. Let's take a break here. Justin Watkins is in studio with us. He presents the four o'clock hour every day and he's doing some co hosting with us, so we appreciate that. You can call his firm, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, at 766 1400 from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas. And we, we have to lean on you all the time because there are so many stories that we hit a brick wall and we're like, legal, must be something legal. And maybe that's the case with Chandler Jones and how the Raiders are treating this in public. We're going to find out. Legal Insider sports fan co-host on uh, Wednesdays at times, Justin Watkins in the Finley Toyota Studios with Cofield and Damon. Um, I was a little worried when we started with you. I didn't know what kind of mood you'd be in. <laughs> Why is that? Well, the dream is dead. What dream? National title. It's not dead. You, you, think, you think with one loss, Oregon State, can one, s- one loss, and they if they if they ran the table, there'd be some good, the there'd, to- there'd be some good wins. Yeah, there. I mean, even with their loss, they're at nineteen, so they would have beaten f- four ranked teams, four five ranked teams moving forward. So, I, I mean, I don't think that that's likely. Um, you know, Washington. I, I call. I called it. I said they're going to lose to Washington State. And Washington State played a way better game. Could have been way worse than 38-35, for sure. Hmm. Um, I thought Washington State played a great game. And right. our secondary, you pointed out to be our weakness, our secondary with all the uh, guys off to the NFL. We're going to expand or expound on this in 10 minutes. Okay. 
Raiders in a real pickle here, I think legally. Okay. You see the way they're handling this, right? Yeah. With Chandler Jones. He's it's a one way information flow. Is this you know, if you're an attorney with the organization and they have lots of attorneys, uh, heading up the organization, they doing the right thing? They can't give out any information at all Correct. about Chandler Jones? Zero. Right. Zero. I wouldn't give out a thing. No way. Mum's the word, man. Um, you know, because if we're to connect the dots here, and that is the, and believes that Chandler Jones was admitted into a mental health facility against his wishes, um, and that you know the fire department came to his apartment and did it, then that would be called what's a legal two thousand hold, which is you can be taken and put under supervision for up to seventy two hours against your will if you're a danger to yourself or to others, and there have to be some manifestation of that in some verifiable way, but police or fire can institute what's called a legal 2000 hold and either put you in the hospital or put you into a, a mental health facility as needed for supervision and evaluation for 72 hours. And Our, so if that happened based on the Raiders reporting to authorities something that was going on, then the Raiders need to not say a word. Right. What was it called again? What, 2000? Illegal 2000. Under Illegal 2000, our um, medical law enforcement, maybe not law enforcement, but medical folks, are they allowed? And again, this is just Chandler Jones saying that he mm-hmm. was given injections without his permission. Right. Is that covered? Yeah, that could happen. Okay. You could be sedated, for sure. But you would, I mean, you would not, I would not expect that you would hear anybody confirm any of this. Because it would be a HIPAA violation. Because under Illegal 2000, even if he signed a HIPAA authorization saying you could talk about this, you, by definition of doing the Illegal 2000, are saying he's not competent. So he cannot give you the authority to discuss this on his behalf. If he said, Raiders, go ahead and tell your side of the story, it's like, well, wait, you are legally incompetent to handle yourself. So if I took that advice and I started talking about how we saw things, then when you got better, you'd say, dude, you totally took advantage of me. You knew I was crazy. You called the authorities because I was crazy. And you took advantage of me, and you ruined my reputation. You should have kept your mouth shut. So the Raiders are doing the right thing. I know I know, Candy's not happy about it, but he, they absolutely cannot say anything. It would be a HIPAA violation. Well, he was asking for just the bare minimum, which is Raiders say Chandler Jones is okay. Can't. Can't say it. Especially if you just called the authorities to say he's crazy. I wasn't pointing at you for a question. I was just pointing at you like like you were fighting the fight with Candy. But I, you know, I, I suspected it. Anytime something is out there that seems to kind of boggle the mind, like, why aren't they doing this legal? And I hear, I've, I've done this rant before. Yeah. I hear sports talk radio people do it all the time. Where they're like, I can't make any sense of it. Legal. Yeah. 99% of the time. It's a legal thing. And sometimes it's not a good legal thing, right? It's some lawyer saying, no, 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 don't do that. And they're playing it ultra, 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 ultra safe rather than, like, I think being reasonable sometimes. Like, for instance, how papers continually call some somebody an alleged perpetrator after they've been convicted. It's no longer alleged. They were the perpetrator. Right. When, you know, that, that's it. It's, it's a finding I, of law. You know, and then I, I, and, and the papers always do I, it. I heard, I heard a sports radio update person yesterday say that Mac Jones allegedly grabbed the junk of sauce. I'm like, it's on video. <laughs> it's it's no not alleged. alleged. We're seeing the video.